Thank you for tuning in to the Alight for Christ podcast. We do hope today's message, The Bitter for the Sweet, with Pastor Melvin, will help us to understand that God is attuned to our sufferings when we stand firm in our faith, and He will help us. So take a moment to take a listen and be blessed. Today's reading will come out of the book of Revelations, chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, reads as such. To the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. The title of this word today is The Bitter for the Sweet. Beloved, anyone who is familiar with this passage will testify that it is like an oasis in the desert for those who are living for Christ. For those who made the commitment to suffer and even die for Christ, yet the process of doing so encounters opposition, loss of finance, mockery, insults, and persecution to the point of wondering if there's anyone who understands or cares. This passage let all know then when Jesus is pleased with us, it doesn't matter how bitter life seems to be. There is a sweet fragrance from us going up to him and he will encourage us in that he knows us for who we truly are. He is with us and he is helping us. So let us allow God's word to speak to us. In verse 8, Christ gives the Apostle John instructions on what to say to the pastor of the church of Smyrna. The name Smyrna held a meaning that could have very well summed up the church's state of troubles, trials, and anguish, as well as Christ's approval, joy, and excitement. Smyrna is a small tree that when cut, leaks out a bitter gummy substance that turns hard and is used for myrrh, which the name comes from, perfume, and incense, sweet-smelling fragrances. That is very powerful. The greater the bitterness, the sweeter the fragrance. But in the troubles, attacks, and persecutions, we as followers of Christ go through the bitterness we may develop 
prevents us from realizing the sweet fragrance of faithfulness, we are sitting up to Jesus. And why is that? Because at that particular moment, all we feel is bitterness. The bitterness of opposition, mockery, ridicule, and insults toward us for being followers of Christ. The church of Smyrna was being attacked because they refused to put anything before Christ. The worship of Caesar before the church. And many politically connected citizens there were angry at the church. And they were in prison. They were, they were robbed of their, of their property. And they suffered all types of persecutions because they refused to put anything before Christ. They were being attacked when they were not bothering anyone. Just as we are attacked even when we are not bothering anyone. This is when Jesus speaks to us with his proper perspective of us, which first of all is more insightful than any other. No one knows us like him. We see here that he says, write this letter to the church of Smyrna. Why? Because see, I know them like no one else know them. I know their suffering. Let them know next that uh, what I see in them is greater than what we even think of ourselves and what we see in ourselves. We have to understand that the enemy's attacks can often devalue our self-worth in our own eyes. People continue to lie on us, continue to attack us, continue to uh, persecute us. If it continues to happen, it can devalue uh, our self-view of us. We have to understand that what he thinks of us is all that really matters. What else could matter beyond what Jesus thinks of us and how he feels about us? He's more insightful of us than anyone else. His insight of us is greater than what we have of ourselves and his perspective and what he thinks of us and how he feels of us is all that matters. So next he sends a message to us that the words coming to us is from the one who is always present with us. His existence and authority came even before creation. His existence and authority will be here beyond eternity. And his undisputable authority over death in these present times cannot be argued. He died on the cross for our sins and he rose from the grave to prove that he is the everlasting God. And he's telling us his existence and authority is beyond eternity with his undisputable authority over death in these present times. In verse 9, he tells us that I see what they are doing to you, and I see what you have lost. But while you were becoming poor in the world, 
you were becoming spiritually rich with me. And if you notice that, he said that with an exclamation point. And this is the only time when he spoke to all of the churches that he spoke to any church in a positive way with an exclamation point. He did it several times with the exclamation, but it was an exclamation to repent and to wake up. But we see the excitement of Christ here telling us that we are rich with him. And he goes on to tell us in verse 10 to have courage as we stand in expectation for suffering because we can brace ourselves. This is important. As a former amateur boxer, I know from experience that it's not the punch you see coming that will knock you out, but it's the one you don't see coming. Also, when a quarterback drops back to pass the football and see the tackler coming after him, he can brace himself, curl up, protect the ball, and fall down on his own. But when the tackler comes up behind him where he cannot see the tackler, the quarterback is shocked, more likely to lose the football, his helmet, and consciousness because he didn't see it coming. When we have courage, we can see the control God has in our suffering. God allows us to suffer bitterness to a certain point for our discipline, our growth, our strengthening, and for his praise, glory, and honor in showing his domination over the forces of evil. As the word says when this happened, then they will know that I am the Lord. And when this is accomplished, we will share the fragrance with Christ as we receive our crown of life, thereby having eternal life in the kingdom of heaven where there will be no more bitterness. Therefore, beloved, we must remember that the bitterness we encounter is necessary for the hardening of our steadfastness, dedication, faithfulness in order to create a sweet fragrance that will be pleasing to the Lord. I will conclude this sermon with a story about a junk man and his three granddaughters. These three young girls who were cousins needed something to play with during their summer months out of school. So they went to their grandfather who owned a small junkyard in hopes of finding something to enjoy for the summer. As the grandfather rummaged through his inventory of junk, he first came up with a bicycle, which the first girl quickly claimed. Then he found a pair of roller skates, which the second girl immediately snatched up. And they were excited. But when he continued to look for something for the third little girl, the only thing he could find on wheels was a wheelbarrow. So having no other options, he reluctantly brought the wheelbarrow out and offered it 
to her wondering what will an eight-year-old girl do with a wheelbarrow. This little girl not wanting her grandfather to feel worse about this situation accepted the wheelbarrow and thanked him with a smile. She was a sight as she went on her way pushing that huge wheelbarrow, struggling to balance it and keep it under control. Her cousins didn't make matters any better as they teased, ridiculed, and laughed at her while circling around her on their bicycle and roller skates as the grandfather watched them leave. About two months later, curiosity had the grandfather to visit the girls to see how they were doing with what they received from him. The little girl with the bike had broke her tooth, falling off of the bike. And on top of that, the bike was stolen. The little girl with the roller skates fell and skinned her knees when the wheels broke. So she threw away the skates. So he went to visit the little girl with the wheelbarrow, not knowing what to expect there. When he got there, he asked her, how did she do with that wheelbarrow? Her face lit up with a great big smile as she grabbed his hand and took him outside around the house. As she was leading him outside, he began to smell sweet, pleasant fragrances in the air. She proudly showed him what she had done with that wheelbarrow. She had planted beautiful flowers all around the house. She said, thank you, granddaddy. That wheelbarrow really came in handy for the spreading of the cow manure I had to fertilize these flowers with. The work was bitter, but the results were sweet. And beloved, we must remember that as we continue on in this life, the work for standing up for Christ may be bitter, but the fragrances that we are producing is sweet to the Lord. Be blessed. Hi, this is Pastor Melvin. We hope you've been uplifted by the word today. We hope you were blessed. But you know, I want to talk to you about the urgency and the importance of being right with Christ. Romans 10, beginning at verse 8, gives us instruction. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Are you willing to give your heart today? If so, repeat after me. Dear Lord, I admit this day that I am a sinner in need of your forgiveness. Believe that you are the atoning sacrifice for my sins and that you died 
on the cross to pave the way to eternal life. I ask you, come into my heart and make me whole again through the power of your resurrection that I may be born again and enter into the fellowship of the universal body of Christ. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Welcome to the family. And stay planted in the Lord. This is very important. So God bless you.